The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9 of the OCD and Anxiety podcast. This week is another OCD autobiography and I interview Marcus who has been struggling with OCD for um, over 40 years. And we discuss his battles with OCD, how it kind of all started for him. Uh, We look into detail at some of the major themes he was struggling with, um, for example, schizophrenia, OCD. And it's a really interesting conversation. And and Marcus shares some of the things that have been really helpful for him in learning to manage it better. Uh, Things like acceptance commitment therapy and and working with therapists and... uh, and working with me as well. Uh, I really hope you find it helpful. And before we get going, um, if you want to know more about me, you can uh, check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching uh, UK, or you can go to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. There you can find my blog and lots of other information about OCD and anxiety. And you can also find my free mini video course, which is based on acceptance commitment therapy and my own experiences of dealing with OCD and anxiety. Many thanks, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Hi there, Rob. I'm fine, thanks. (laughs) Great. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, please, to to start with? Um, I'm 55 years old. I live in Germany, and um, I've been struggling with OCD, let's say, like, 40 years it started like when i was 15 with different themes yeah yeah it's a short short version (laughs) okay and how did you initially know that it was kind of ocd or or i guess you didn't know it was ocd to start with not at all rob um uh, it was a time um it was in the yeah like in the 70s 80s when I became to notice strange thoughts and strange images and like violent stuff, and I didn't know what was happening with me, uh, I, I had no internet to check. Uh, yeah, it was really a strange time when when it began. Yeah, I imagine that must have been really really scary. I mean, there wasn't yeah. the information about OCD that there is now, so it would have been even harder. Exactly, not at all. There was no information at all, and um, I had no access to to any internet or Google or whatever. Today, it's so it's so normal to Google stuff, and yeah. But in in these times, it was really something scary to me, and I was really afraid to 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 ask somebody. Uh, I was scared they would lock me lock me up or something like that because it was really scary stuff. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's completely understandable. I think most people, when they first experience OD, OCD, have a similar um, experience because it's it's they, the thoughts can be so intrusive and so horrible, and you kind of think, "Wow, I can't tell anybody about this because they're not going to understand it, and they're going to think I'm crazy." 
so you can end up feeling very alone, no? Exactly. I was quite quite alone, and I didn't really didn't really know who to turn to. Yeah. And uh, I was I began the fight. So my yeah. my uh, beginning was just uh, trying to um, push them push them away. That was my strategy in the time when it began. Okay. So avoid um, the, the classic stuff you do. I began doing avoiding or yeah. And how did and how did that work out? Was that was that helpful? <laughs> Um, not really, no. <laughs> it, it was basically like this that I got over, I got overthought, and a, a worse one or something else came in the place of it. Yeah. So it was yeah. A kind of yeah. substitution, substitution game I was playing. Yeah, it was exactly the same for me when I first came across OCD. It was like try and try and push the thoughts away, try and suppress them, and then as soon as you manage to do that, something else will come up and take its place. And yeah. Classic stuff I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And it took me maybe like in my thirties. I, I I had a lot of um, years without OCD. I must admit, and um, I got along really good. But uh, after a few months or, or maybe one year, it, it really uh, hit me even with with for me worse themes. So the themes were changing and changing. Okay. And what were your initial themes, if you don't ask, mind me asking? It was the um, gay OCD. It started. I was I was being bullied in in school. Yeah. And uh, they were calling me gay, and I don't know what stuff like that. And that was that was how it um, became a theme for me. It was the beginning of it all. Okay. Okay. And then from there, it kind of it kept changing from from theme to theme over time. Yeah, it, it was um, first it was the gay, then it, it became uh, um, uh, it became harm OCD, which I had quite a long time with with all variations, um, images and thoughts and uh, urges and the basic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this had me quite some time, and then it it, it morphed into a. Um, I have a, an aunt who um, she's schizophrenic, and I always had the, this fear in the back of my mind I would be the same like her and become schizophrenic. And so the kind of harm morphed into the um, schizophrenia OCD. Yeah, and that's that is my yeah, my main theme actually. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the schizophrenia OCD was that something that you? Initially, I think you mentioned to me, you initially thought that a lot of people uh, don't have that kind of um, OCD theme, but uh, but actually that's not quite, wasn't quite the case. No, when I found out that it's, it's so common, this theme, it, I thought it's not possible. It's, how can I think I only have it? But it, I think this is a classic, classic OCD stuff as well, because you think you, your theme is the the worst and the the only you are the only one that has it no? but in in reality it's a, a really common theme yeah 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 that's so true it's so true of ocd it's um you know like you're there on your own you're having these weird thoughts and you think i have to be the only person in the world thinking this there's no one else who's going to be as as crazy as me thinking these kind of thoughts <laughs> And then when you realize that actually lots of other people are it's kind of a relief no Big, big relief, yes. And then I, I started, um, I, I lately started uh, my second therapy with, uh, with a kind psychi um, uh, therapist. Yeah. 
and she she told me I was really afraid I was having schizophrenia. I was becoming I was really um, really really bad. I was in a really bad bad place. And she told me that twenty times I'm not schizophrenic. I know it's reassurance, but for me at that time it was really something I needed to hear. And from that day on, and working with you as well, it it it's kind of, kind of um, I turned it around. I for me I needed this uh, information that I I have no signs at all of schizophrenia. Even if it was reassurance for me at that time, but I, I needed to hear it and I could work on my anxiety, OCD problems and stop worrying about schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone has their own path. I mean, generally, yeah. you know, like generally the advice is to try and not find, you know, reassurance. Um, but I guess there are, there's always exceptions to that rule. And if sometimes you really feel that, that you need that, uh, reassurance, particularly when you're about to kind of start on the path of of doing ERP or or doing uh, ACT to try and help you move on to you know like the the next place with your recovery. I think it's really really helpful if you can kind of you know get to a place where you're feeling comfortable and, and confident. And if that takes a little bit of reassurance, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I th in my opinion, I, I'm, maybe I'm alone with this opinion, but in my path and my re recovery path and my still am on, on the recovery path, um, for mental health OCD, I think reassurance once is okay. But if yeah. you re reassure yourself tw 20 times, okay, then it's, something is wrong. But once you, you have to get the diagnosis and to work on it with it and to be okay with it, that's it. That's what I think about health OCD. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I once is okay, but obviously once it's kind of yeah. happening all the time, then uh, then you know it's become a compulsion, and then it's definitely not exactly. going to be helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So for you, what what has been the hardest thing about about having OCD? Good question. Um, <laughs> as a, li a life. Lifelong sufferer, I can call myself. The worst is, I think it's more the fear of the fear. What it's the fear of what else can OCD throw at me. This is something I I'm really working with and trying to, uh, yeah, trying to get past this fear. The fear of what what else can happen. What what else what else would OCD throw at me? This is kind of my yeah. worst symptom I'm having actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense because, you know, sometimes OCD does bring up extremely difficult things to deal with. And sometimes when you think you've kind of got, got over it, then it can suddenly throw something else at you that's like worse than anything that's come before. Exactly. And you don't expect it. You think, oh, no, I'm better. I'm, I'm over and I'm, I have all the inventory. I can deal with anything. Then OCD is so smart and kicks something out and you will say, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 amazing, isn't it? The the yeah. creativity of of OCD to come yeah. up with new themes and topics and definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what what have you found has been like the best thing uh, to to help you with to deal with OCD? I think uh, my my path is a combination of of, of many techniques, um, and, and I know a lot of. Um, therapy methods and stuff. I, I, I tried an, a lot of things. And for me, I think a uh, combination of, of ACT 
which I do with you, plus uh, ERP and some CBT and talk therapy. I'm doing uh, I'm doing as well um, uh, talk therapy. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of many many um, many therapy forms. Yeah. So there isn't just there isn't one therapy form that you think is 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 the best and kind of is the one that everyone should be doing. You think there's different things that people need to bring together. I think it's um, it's a very personal thing, the recovery path. And um, ACT for me was was a big game changer for sure. Yeah. For the daily for the daily life stuff, for the daily thoughts, for the daily um, daily life stuff to deal with, to be more present. Yeah. Um, yeah. I must say for the daily life, ACT is uh, was a big, big game changer for me because the, I suffered most or I suffer most is it on the thoughts you, you just can't control. They, they just pop up uh, at the office or in the car or at the train station. I don't know, whatever. And these, in these situations, I always use ACT and it really helps me immensely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more there. That's that's exactly what I find, too. I think um, ACT is great for the day to day. So when you're kind of out and about and you suddenly get an OCD thought that pops up and it's yeah. trying to take you out of the present moment, it's trying to make you think about it and ruminate and, you know, kind of uh, get stuck into that OCD groove. And if you can just focus on something that you value instead in that moment, then it's going to help you to to get straight back out of the OCD and straight back into the present. Definitely, definitely. That's what that's what that's my experience with ACT as well. And I really, really, um, I'm happy that I found it ACT, and I found you. Yeah, definitely, it's a big, big game changer for me. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, uh, so you've worked with many therapists then uh, over the years. I had yes. First, I had a, th a therapist, and we did. We did some ERP, but um, to be honest, PUO Germany is a big, big, uh, it's a big, big empty space. I'm, I'm yeah. Call it like this. There's not that much knowledge, and they know, they all know about uh, OCD, but more the, the the hand washing, you know, the the classical OCD, the yeah. Classical ways, but the PUO is quite, quite, quite unknown. And my my actual therapist knows. And she knows about ERP as well, but she's not very into uh, pure O. You see, I, I think it's it's not just a problem in Germany. Unfortunately, it seems to be a problem like everywhere. Um, and it's still, even now, you know, like 2020, and, and we're still having this problem where a lot of people, a lot of people that I speak to, go and see their doctor and explain some uh, pure O problems that they're having. Although I don't like to call it pure O because uh, it's never purely obsessional. There's always compulsions there. They're just mental compulsions. But anyway, uh, yeah, so many people go to see their doctors and uh, the doctors are just uh, telling them, no, 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 this is not OCD. This is something else. You're just worrying or you're, and it's like, well, no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that you know, there's uh, unfortunately doctors are not clued up, or so, some doctors clearly are clued up and are are pretty good at spotting OCD, but many still are not. And uh, I think it's something that really needs to be addressed. Definitely, it's in, in there are so many people suffering, and they don't they don't know where to turn to. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad thing. 
And I don't, I don't really don't know if in the eighties I would have gone to a to a doctor or psychiatrist. What he would have told me, if I were telling him I have thoughts about harming other people, they would have told me I'm I'm really schizophrenic or have psychosis. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, I think you know there's there's two. They say there's two things that people are most scared of in life, and one is um, one is death, and another one is is becoming crazy. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to see how that could become, you know, an obsession for, mm. for many people. It's so common. It's, it's, I think every OCD sufferer um, once has this fear or thought at least. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so with the ACT approach for OCD, like why, why do you find it so, so helpful? What do you think is so helpful about it? For me, personally, um, I can only speak for myself, it's, it's something I can use um, whenever, whenever needed. I have an inventory of, um, I have an inventory with me, how to react when, when, a, when an OCD thought pops up. So it's, I can use it uh, in daily life. And this is for me really precious because um, I had really big problems with, with these thoughts, just the random thoughts popping up. Yeah. And now I have my inventory, how to react and, and not give them too much uh, attention or value. Yeah, I think that's really important. If you if you have like a, a plan for how to react to the thoughts when they when they come up, then it's um, somehow it gives you a bit more confidence when you like go throughout your day, uh, knowing wh when the obsessions do turn up, you have like a, a predefined way of, of relating to them. Definitely, yes. And the more you you have this inventory, the more you practice it, the more confident you become. Yeah. So the, the, the thoughts become losing, losing their power uh, every time you, you use that ACT approach. Yeah. That, that's how it is for me. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, first, yeah. I was first thinking, no, it won't work for me. And you, you know how after 40 years of suffering, you don't trust anything anymore that can help you. But ACT really... Um, I'm getting more and more better with it, and it's really helping me. I must admit, I never yeah, thought that, it would help me. That, that's great. So, yeah. so, so, tell us a little bit more, like um, about how you apply acts uh, throughout your day. So, so if you get an obsessive thought that comes up, yeah. like what do you do to try to to deal with that using using act? Um, I, I use the, the first. I use a, a diffusion technique. There are many uh, um, techniques to diffuse thoughts, so yep. that you don't, um, you kind of don't, don't, um, you, you try to detach from them. And the, the, these are called diffusing techniques. And um, I, I say, for example, okay, I'm, I'm just having a a thought about schizophrenia. This is, for example, how I, I would um, uh, diffuse it. Yep. And then I would just um, let the thought be there. Check my. Then I would check my my anxiety level. Check where the anxiety exactly is and how it feels. And then I would say, okay, I'm I'm having this thought. I'm having some anxiety, but I will just continue with whatever I was doing before, like my job or tr working out or riding my bike and. That's it. That's how I am practicing ACT. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's a very good description of how to how to apply it. I think. 
<laughs> that was the short, the short version, but that's that's basically what I do. Yeah, it's the short version, but it's you know sometimes that's more helpful just to hear the short version. It yeah, sounds I, really, it, it sounds really easy, and it's but it's not or always. It wasn't always easy, I must admit. But I'm getting more and more um, practicing. It's like it's like learning how to ride a bicycle for me. So the yeah. more you do it, the more the the, the thoughts uh, become less scary and the. Uh, and they can stay around as long as they like. I don't care. I just leave it. I leave the anxiety and I just continue with what I was doing. And my brain, I think, is getting used to this approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's really good. I think, yeah, the diffusion technique that we apply first is, is really helpful because um, it just creates a little bit of space between that yes. thought and and you. Because sometimes when we're kind of really stuck in OCD, we have the thought. And then we think straight away that thought is true and that represents something about me. And just by saying, like, I notice I'm having the thought that or this is the thought that I've had many times before about this. It just creates a little bit of space between you and that thought. And that just helps you to defuse a little bit from it, um, which is so, so helpful in, in the moment. And the next thing that you mentioned, actually, but which I wanted to ask you about as well, was um, you you mentioned, uh, you said, um, I would tell myself, oh, I'll just let it be there. I'll just let it be there. So that is obviously like you kind of like doing your doing your best in that situation to accept the, the thought. It's, it's, no? yeah. yeah, acceptance is a very important part of, of, of recovery any, any, anyhow. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a basic approach for me to accept it and instead of trying to change or run or wishing it away, I just accept the thoughts and uh, yeah, that's acceptance. Really. Absolutely, yeah. Acceptance is what is, is for me like the most important uh, skill in, in learning to get over anxiety problems. Um, but unfortunately, and I just wrote a blog about this today actually, uh, acceptance is, is a very confusing word. Um, because many people with OCD think that, um, and, and this was me too in the past. I really struggled with this in the past. When I came across acceptance, I realized that it was important, but I kept thinking to myself, like, how can I like accept, um, these like horrible thoughts that I'm having? If I accept them, then that means that like, I don't mind them that, you know, but maybe I agree with them. And obviously, like, you know, some OCD thoughts are so horrible that you would never want to be, to put yourself in a situation where you're kind of agreeing with those thoughts. And so it was incredibly hard for me to, to, to try and accept them because I just, the word accept just didn't sit with me very well. And then I kind of, I don't know, one day I was thinking about it more and I, I came across a few books and was reading up about it. And I kind of realized that actually by acceptance, you're not uh, accepting the the thoughts. You're not kind of, by accepting, you're not kind of, um, you're not saying that you believe the thoughts or that you mm. believe in them or that you think they're true. All you're doing is you're making a little bit of space for them. You're um, allowing them to be there, as you said. And for me, that is what acceptance means. It means that you're just creating a bit of, uh, a bit of space for all of your experiences, for all of your thoughts to be there. Because if we don't do that, 
the opposite is pushing pushing those thoughts away and obviously we know that when you try to suppress thoughts or push them away unfortunately they just end up coming back twice as strong and yeah, uh, yeah and uh, that's kind of what keeps the cycle of OCD going yes I read your blog and I agree 100% it's uh... Acceptance does does not mean agreeing. Nothing nothing to do with agreement. It's just accepting them to be there and do whatever they like. You can you cannot um, push them away anyhow. So why why fight against them? That's what I was doing all the years. I was just wanting them to go away, but it, thoughts won't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 incredibly hard though sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But as as you said, accepting is not a, does not mean agreeing with any thought. Yeah, I can choose to agree with any thought I have. Yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> I have a choice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We all, we all have choice. Um, we can't. We um, something that I learned that was also inc incredibly uh, incredibly powerful was that we can't control uh, what thoughts we have. Um, we, d we just can't. The brain doesn't work like that. If a thought might pop up into our head. However, we can control what we put our focus on. So, you yeah. know, if a, if a really difficult thought does come up, well, we can focus on that thought and judge ourselves for having that thought and make ourselves feel really terrible. Or we can choose to kind of accept the fact that we've had that thought, make room for it, and then put our attention onto something more healthy that we want to do in that moment. I read in an, in an interesting ACT book that um, the mind, the mind's job is to create thoughts all day long. It creates thoughts, thousands of thoughts all day long, and we can decide um, uh, which which thoughts we will follow and entertain, and which ones we will um, accept or agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we always have that choice, and yeah. remember, re remembering that when you're kind of really stuck down a rabbit hole of OCD is incredibly uh, powerful. It's very, very helpful to uh, to remember that. Yes. Great. And um, what about values? Um, how do you uh, how do you use values in re in regards to act? Uh, values. Um, it's just the thing I. I would like to do in that moment instead of going down any rabbit hole of that OCD is wanting me to go down. <laughs> For example, yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting a thought and I, I, I feel I'm beginning to ruminate and, and OCD cycle is starting. So I say, okay, I start with the diffusing, diffusing and I start with feeling the anxiety and then I say, okay, I was just about to cook. I will continue cooking and just put my, my, um, put my um, attention fully on my cooking yeah so I, yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. I feel my hands i feel what i'm putting ingredients i'm reading the recipes i'm tasting i'm smelling yeah that's what i or when i'm when i'm working when i'm working out i will concentrate on my on my sports on my yeah yeah so you use it in a way to kind of as a way to bring you back into the present moment kind of mindfulness Yes, technique. Yeah. This is for me. Mm. It's a value that that's something I, I want to do. So it's something I value, I give value to, and I, I put mindfulness in it. Mm. And when you take action like that, because a big part of, uh, of ACT is committed action. And it's like committed action 
in regards to your values. And for me, what the great thing about that is when you choose to take committed action, you're no longer in your head anymore. You know, you're doing something often with your body. And so you, t- you, you tend to get back into your body and kind of out of your head. And that it tends to be like a, the, the big difference. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, yeah. put, I, I try to incorporate mindfulness in my daily life as well as and next to act. So I'm using act with mindfulness. It's, it's for me, it's one, it's the same. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, that they act is all based on mindfulness. It's, uh, exactly. it's a huge... when, when I walked, when I walk to my car, I feel my, I feel my feet, I feel the air, I feel, uh, my hands opening the, the doorknob or anything like this. I try to, um, to live, uh, yes, uh, and mindful life. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, yep. Really important to me to to get better. Yeah. And it uh, it helped me really a lot mentally. Great. Okay. Uh, do you do you open up to others about your OCD? Do you find that that's a helpful thing to do? I opened up to my family and they didn't really understand what I have or what it is or. Yeah. I didn't really ask me about it. It's something. No, I didn't. I didn't really open up to a lot of people. Okay. Okay. Maybe and I, I should, but um, I don't want to open up to. No, I, I don't think it's okay for me yet to open up. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a personal decision, you know. Like you yeah, can only yeah. do it when you feel comfortable to do it. Definitely. Yes. Yes. I open up to my girlfriend and my family, but that's about it. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's a good thing that you're opening up to, to some people. I think as long as you open up to some people, that's, that's the, the main thing. And I guess you're yeah. also opening up to, um, by doing this podcast, you're kind of opening up to, yes. to people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's- not that easy to talk about it. My English is not that good, but it's. I'm trying my best. Oh, you're doing a very good job, Marcus. It's going well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the sometimes the words are missing, but okay. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Um, so we're almost there. Do you have any um, top tips for other sufferers of OCD that you've kind of picked up over the over the years? Helpful techniques or, or tips. Uh, I would advise really everybody to try a act plus yep. um, mindfulness. Really, really important. Yeah. I, I value it a lot, a lot, a lot. And what else? Yeah, the the, the acceptance is also a basic, a big, big part of um, recovery. Absolutely. And, yep. and accept, as you said in your blog, acceptance is not agreeing. It's a big, big thing everybody should uh, work on. Well, there we go. Uh, thank you so much, Marcus, for uh, for speaking to us about that and coming on to the podcast. It was, uh, I'm sure, it's been really helpful for other people, and it was I really. Hope so. int- I hope so. I can help. Any- <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, thanks for your time. And, thanks uh, for your good work, and thank you a lot. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like, the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group. And also you can check out my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. Many thanks.
And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.